Hey guys, welcome to Church and Other Drugs. How are you guys doing? My name is Jed, and uh, I've marked myself safe from Hurricane Barry. It's been an interesting week. Sorry, ferret on the lap. You guys know how that goes. Uh, it's been an interesting week. We had a tropical storm, then it was a hurricane. Unexpectedly, kind of much to do about nothing. Nothing really happened, except I got three days of rainy weather. And then me and my wife decided it would be a good backdrop to go see Crawl, uh, the new alligator movie about a hurricane and alligators attack. So now I have a fear I didn't know I had before. So thank you for that. It was actually a really good movie. I would give it three out of five. Nah, four out of five. Recommended. It was fun. Um, not much going on other than that. Quick update on Brad. We got him on a waiting list to go to rehab. Um, so I could, you know, still use some prayers on that. Feel free to text him, message him, encourage him, however you want. You know, it's a sketchy time in between now and then. And he may not go. We're kind of looking at other options, but I think that's the best. But, you know, just it really means a lot that you guys have been following that and praying for him. And, you know, I. I do believe it's going to turn out good, but it's always worrisome in the meantime. Um, this week's episode turned out really timely and really good. So I got Jason and Alex from Not Your Pastors podcast back on. Um, I kind of asked them randomly, not knowing what we we're going to talk about, and they've been doing an episode on mental health and suicide. And I recently had a conversation with someone going through some suicidal thoughts, and then Today, of all days, I had suicidal thoughts, and I say that just, I don't know, is normalize the right word? I don't know, just say it happens, like, and don't feel alone when stuff like this happens. I mean, my struggles with depression are well documented on this show. Um, it's my second month off of medicine, and, you know, I have good friends around, uh, Brent dragged my ass out of the house today and went to the gym. You know, I feel a little bit better. I'm reminded because of the show um, that it'll pass. You know, thoughts like this are just thoughts and it'll pass. You know, I really appreciate everybody's help and reaching out and stuff. And really, I hope this episode just, uh, I guess it just helped it just comfort people if you're going through it to know you're not alone it's not the end of the world. Your thoughts don't have to be reality. You don't have to listen to what your brain is telling you all the time. And sometimes just, you know, turn on a good comedy and just make it through it. Make it till tomorrow and tomorrow will be different. Um, I love all of you and I really hope you all enjoy this episode. Check out our web store, storefrontier.com backslash church and other drugs. Send me an email at church and other drugs at gmail.com. Um, and patreon.com slash church and other drugs. Enjoy the interview. That's what you've come to expect. Kneeling 
up here in okay. the mitten and apparently they're known as a uh, sasquatch country have you... i didn't see i didn't see one though damn it i didn't see him. i need i need factual evidence for the sam squanch dude and y'all are my closest <laughs> uh my closest northerners oh i see i had a uh, gunner out in the woods in an area where uh is that your dog what was it? no it's my kid all my kids have <laughs> oh. dog names I'm, sorry. I'm not. I'm, I'm sorry. not. Even, not even kidding, man. Oliver That's Gunner cool and Rex. Name. Oliver Gunner and Rex, man. And after we named Rex, I, I I come across this list of like top dog names of 2010, and all of our kids' names were in the top ten. Okay, so what was what 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 was Gunner? What, okay, so you took Gunner to the woods. Oh yeah, uh, and he's obsessed with Bigfoot, and so. He's nine years old, man, and we'd hear, like, knocking off in the distance, and it's just, whatever, the wind, you know. But he's all like, let's go, Dad, let's go, let's find him. I'm like, no. <laughs> dude, me and Gunner he, need to hang out, dude. Yeah, well, he was he was whooping it, you know, whoop. <laughs> we, were deep, we were deep in the woods, too, man. Oh, my gosh. Dude, that's hilarious. So... There should be some Sasquatch legends down by you in Louisiana, right? That's uh, the Rougarou. Yeah, you've got different names, man. The Rougarou, and that's the the, uh, the Bayou Swamp Monster. I think that I'm kind of rusty on my Rougarou uh, lore, but I feel like that's more like like demonic or like spiritual or something. But I think it's the same. I think it's just like the swamp. Yeah. The swamp Yeti or whatever. And then I guess we're close enough to like the Florida swamp monkey or the swamp ape, the stink ape. What was it called? No, don't know. We're losing them. Oh, y'all couldn't hear me. No, you're, you're, you're breaking up. Yeah. I broke up a little bit. I got to turn off my Wi-Fi. I'm turning off my Wi-Fi too. Oh, there you go. We're in the basement, you know. I see. We're pretty, we're pretty far away from the router. Oh, well, dude. You need to you're, up. you're coming in crystal clear, though. You look well, that's good. That's because here in Louisiana, we have the third fastest residential internet in the world. Yeah, we just have lots of fresh water. <laughs> that's a joke. Because, yeah, so what's uh, Dude, what is the deal with... The, so, well, here, introduce yourselves. Oh, are we actually like going? I I started hitting record when we started talking about Sasquatch. Oh, sweet! So, I'm Jason, and I'm Alex, and we're not your pastor's podcast, and we're believers, not just in Jesus, but in Sasquatch. Yes, yeah. yes, no, I am. And, and you, you also, yeah, welcome back to the show. It's been a while. It has uh, yeah, been so a minute. Y'all, y'all also live in Flint, so what is the deal with your water? What is happening with that? Well, um. I'll tell you this much, uh, I don't know. And it's always I'm I'm trying not to be a conspiracy theorist or just like be a Debbie Downer, but I just don't trust my government. And I'm just I'm just throwing that out there. They say that the water's fine. Yeah, I don't believe you because you told me it was fine 2 year, 3 years ago and it wasn't fine. It so It's been 3 years. That's did crazy. You, did you see that story in the uh in the news a couple of weeks ago how they one of the abandoned schools they found just cases and cases of bottled water? No. Yeah. 
just like cases upon cases in a in an old abandoned school that never got distributed to the public. What I actually yeah. I do remember reading about that. that yeah, I also saw something about the mayor, like something about like making sure that her like there was like connections between the contractors that she was using that she, like she has friendship ties with them and it's like kind of shady. So it'll be, it's a it's a big it's a big mess. We'll get the story when the Hollywood movie comes out in like four years. I want I want yeah. Will Ferrell to play me <laughs> to play you <laughs> in, in, in the Lifetime movie about the Flint water crisis. And somehow they'll tie it in that Sasquatch was involved. It's like a it was like a Sasquatch carcass that poisoned the water supply. <laughs> and they can't like clean it because they need the evidence. I just thought, I just finished watching Stranger Things season three, so I'm I'm really. Hoping. No spoilers. No spoilers. No spoilers. No spoilers. Right, no spoilers. No spoilers. It's awesome. I watched the first episode. It I was, think I'm three episodes deep. Two episodes deep. My favorite season, hands down. Really? Yeah. Were, were you a fan of season two? I was. It was good. It wasn't great. I didn't love it. Okay. And it was better. Because I, I loved season two. Then you'll still love it. Okay. I'll still love it. I don't My know. wife loves season one, obviously, and I love season two. So we'll see what happens with three. It'll be the tiebreaker. We'll see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What else y'all been watching? Oh. Uh, lot. I've I've been watching Close Encounters with Orcas with my daughter. She thinks that's really awesome. It's just people on kayaks because I just got back from this kayak trip and I was just like, oh man, would it be awesome to see like some wild, like a giant like whale or something, which would never happen in Michigan, obviously, because we don't have whales. That's true. But. Here and I have just been watching YouTube videos of close encounters with orcas for some reason. You, you saying close encounters reminded me that I just watched the Bob Lazar yeah. uh, documentary. Did That's you watch that? I thought you were going. Yeah, I watched that. And did you listen to the Joe Rogan interview? I did. I thought the Joe Rogan interview was better. Way better. The documentary yeah. was pretty like, like not like what was it like? Just like from a simple filmmaking perspective, why would you record an interview in an indoor pool? Really. I, I don't get that. It was yeah. just like horrible audio, but yeah, it was good. And like, so what, what do you believe him? I believe him. Yeah. So too. Bob Lazar back in the eighties, Alex doesn't know for, I guess for anybody who does, doesn't know Bob Lazar worked at area 51 oh. before the gov- the government acknowledged that area 51 even existed. Oh. And he claims to have worked on alien spacecraft. On the propulsion system. Yep. Interesting. Um, and so his story broke like in the late 80s, I want to say. Yep. And a bu- the government like shut him down, like erased his birth certificate. He pretty much didn't exist on paper, erased all of his school records. He ended up getting a divorce. They like ruined his life. And then uh, over the years, the things that he originally claimed and people were like, oh, you're insane. They've actually just came out and been like, oh, yeah, that's totally true. Yeah, like he claimed the existence of some like crazy element not from Earth, and that was recently confirmed, and a bunch of other stuff. Um, just the the guy himself, I just like believe him. I'm still not ready to uh, say aliens. Um, Nephilim, more than likely. Nephilim, more likely. Yeah, <laughs> I'm with you, Jim. Of I'm some with kind. You. Interdimensional Nephilim. I'm with you 100%. Right, dude. I mean, it just, I don't know why. I don't know why of everything, I just don't believe in aliens in the traditional sense. I just don't. Don't know why. Wish I did. Be fun, but just don't. <laughs> it would be fun. Yeah. Uh, be interesting. yeah I, don't, I don't know if I believe in aliens so much or as just 
government technology, man, just hidden, kept away. Like we call those alien spaceships because we don't know what they are, but maybe it's easier to say alien than to release that advanced technology out there publicly. The one interesting thing he said on the Rogan interview was he was like, uh, well, Rogan was like, where did they come from? Did they ever say that? And he was like, I do remember someone saying that they found them in an archaeological dig. That's creepy. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, you mean like ancient civilizations, Nephilim? Bam. Rest my case. <laughs> yeah. So, Indiana Jones, Crystal Skull. That movie sucked, but possible. I've so I hated that movie, and then I've rewatched it, and like I don't hate it as much. <laughs> I, I hated it so much. I'm like, I just played the DVD. You threw oh. it away. Just no, thank you. That's a bit much. That is a bit. He much. ruined my childhood hero. Who? My childhood hero. Or... Not okay. No, my childhood heroes were Indiana Jones. I remember I had to write about it in school where I wrote Indiana Jones and Godzilla. <laughs> my childhood hero. <laughs> Which I loved Godzilla. Did you see King of the Monsters? Yes. You liked it? I did like it. A lot of people were hating on it. I'm just like, shut up. This is like well, my like all my childhood hopes and dreams then, in a movie. Then weigh in. How do you think uh, – well, this will be the last – nerd discussion before we go into the regular stuff but uh how, how do you think king kong can be a decent matchup for godzilla um i've got my because a- according to what i've been reading online and watching on youtube out of all of the kaiju king kong is this is the smartest because of his ape-like features his ape brain and also is the only kaiju that is willing to use tools correct in his uh, fighting skills. Yes. So. Ding, ding. I don't Correct. know. I Because in every movie that I've ever seen King Kong in, Godzilla towers over him. So I don't know how they're going to make that, if they're going to make him the same size or how that's going to work. No, well, they so they, they just casually mentioned in Kong Skull Island that he was a juvenile and he'll continue to keep growing. So the last, like, internet stats I saw was that King Kong will be about 250 feet and Godzilla's like 380 or something like that, 390. Um, and then some people think that it's going to be like a Batman versus Superman thing where, uh, either the humans will team up with Kong and outfit him with a bunch of like tech and like mech suit shit, which would be <laughs> really cool. All right. Or it's going to be, you know, they'll fight each other and then like, uh, Mecha Ghidorah or like Destroyo will come out and they'll have to team up and fight him. That's probably what's going to happen. Oh my gosh. That would be epic. Yeah, you guys talking about just makes, reminds me of the video game Rampage. You ever yes. play Rampage? Yes. Or oh no, um, Primal Rage. Primal Rage. Do you remember that one? That was like uh, the Mortal Kombat, but with the yeah. monsters. Yeah, uh, <laughs> no, I, I more remember Rampage and then uh, Mutant League Hockey. Those were my games growing Mutant up. Mutant League Hockey. <laughs> Throwback. So all right. Yeah, mental health. Mental health and suicide. This is just uh, like, let's just hit the e break and go hard left. No, well, so what's been uh real quick? What's been new in not your pastors and how have y'all switched up? Yeah, so it's not that we've abandoned kind of the interview for format. Um, we still do that. We just put a whole lot more production into each episode. And so our first episode uh, about being left behind and in time stuff. Um, Rapture theology. Yeah, that's out there now. So basically, uh, it's 
I haven't found a good way to like tell people about what it is, but basically our show is based in the 90s and we're aspiring pastors podcasting from the Church of Living Grace Baptist Temple, a total fictional church. Um, Look up the acronym. Yeah. Um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, that'll, that'll come out in a later episode. Um, It'll come but, out in the closet in a later episode. Yeah. For sure. Um, it's it's actually based on the church I grew up in, which was Great Lakes Baptist Temple. I just flipped... Uh, <laughs> that is hilarious. Okay. Flipped the letters around. But um, no, based in the wow. 90s, and we just explore these different topics that we were taught in the 90s. And um, how do those end up? Like, I don't know. Do you ever have the shit scared out of you by left behind stories? Yes. Growing up? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Have, have you ever woken up in the middle of the night and thought you were left behind? Oh, for sure, dude. Yeah. No, I, I, I took a nap when I was a kid. I'm like six or seven years old. I'd just been saved. And I wake up from a nap and nobody's home. Oh, God, it happened. And, and I, I thought, that's this is it. I'm le- I've been left behind, man. And I, I, I was running circles around the house, just screaming and crying, just yelling for anybody before my dad like found me. In the backyard, on my hands and knees, crying because I thought the rapture had come. Dude, that, I thought it was over. That is, that's like, that's like legitimate trauma. Yeah, it like, is. That's that is an like that is legit. You're literally how old were you? You were nine. Yeah, well, like what I was saved or said the prayer or whatever when I was like five. So this was down south. I mean, this has got to be seven, eight years old, somewhere Gosh, like. Dude. Yeah, just from a really young age, like. Hell's real. I'm going, man. Yeah. No, nobody's here. I've been left behind. So our first episode, um, it tackled all that left behind stuff. It really dug into the history of where those films came from, where where that theology came from, and where, so, and then yeah, where where was the who started that? Who really oh, started God. that? You'll have to listen to the episode. To okay, find there we go. Out. There we go. There it is. <laughs> There you go, Jason. Oh my gosh! That's how no. you market it? Oh, I've been so hot and heavy studying suicide. I'd have to go back and look at my notes. Okay, well, we'll, I, we'll, we'll for, leave for we'll whatever leave. reason the guy's name escapes me. We'll leave um, that as a teaser for that. I mean, I'm going to go listen to it because I need to know. I need to know. Yeah, so, but we're not, we start off in the '90s. We hit this uh, internet time machine, and then the rest of it's the majority of the show is just kind of documentary style. Is there a cool internet time machine sound effect? Yeah, complete with dial-up. Yes, <laughs> dial-up sound effects. Good stuff. So, Man. Wait, what? Our, yeah, in our most recent episode that we're working on right now happens to be on mental health. So like, when you chimed in and said, hey, let's get you back on the podcast, we we're like, yes, let's talk about mental health slash suicide slash Godzilla. Yeah. Yep. That's that's my if if I'm gonna go out if I'm gonna kill myself it's gonna be face to face with Godzilla challenging him to a duel. Um, <laughs> no, and it's funny. I wonder, you know, uh, I wonder if that was by chance because I don't know why it really was random. I was like, yeah, let me get those dudes back on the show. Um, yeah, I recently. So it's been it's funny. I keep track uh, because of my podcast. So like, I looked back and. Uh, it's been a month since I stopped all my medicine this time around. Um, my, uh, antidepressants, I got off of Zoloft and Wellbutrin this time. Uh, 
been super rough. It was rough at first. Uh, it's getting, yeah, it's definitely getting better. Um, just like with anything, it's like a see. This is a, this is all stuff that I know nothing about because I've never been on any sort of prescription medication like that. So it's just kind of like a withdrawal period. Totally, what, totally. Okay. Yeah, I know a hundred percent what you're going through. Yeah, and what? So what kind of? So I did this. I guess it was like a year ago. I had gotten off. And then I got back on them. So I, I got off and like I read um, uh, it was a book called Spurgeon's Sorrows. And it was all about how Charles Spurgeon uh, dealt with his depression. I, I actually talked to. Uh, Ooh, I'd uh, like to get that book. Yeah, you can. Yeah, the, the author is totally available to like interview and stuff too. Real cool guy. Um, yeah, and I kind of I went through. I guess I'd only been off for like four months or so. And I went through another like serious depression and I decided to get back on them and. Then really, you know, I was still getting depressed, but then I wasn't able to get happy. So I was just like low with no ability to get back high. I was just stuck in this little middle purgatory hell period. So I was like, maybe I kind of jumped the gun getting back on medication. So, you know, made the decision to to get back off. Um, It's tough because I'm, I'm someone and I think it's just, if if there is such a thing as a personality type, but I'm someone that has suicidal thoughts fairly regularly, like just normally. And I, I say normally because it's been at least since I was 14, 15, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, they're not serious in any way, but like this was, I was talking to, I had like a bad depression um, I guess it was like three weeks ago and, um, my buddy Brandon from, from, uh, a listener of our show reached out to me and I just so happened, he was like, what are you doing? You okay? I was like, yeah, I'm just like rewatching my favorite suicide scenes on YouTube. And like, that's what I do is like coping. I was watching like the Royal Tenenbaums and, uh, Oh, yeah. needle in the hay, man. Yeah, ex- exactly. <laughs> and it's like, I don't know. I think and my wife came home and she's like, maybe you shouldn't be doing that. I was like, it, it kind of helps for some reason. I don't know. It's like either, I don't know what that's about, but it's like I, it's the whole, I feel comfortable in my, in like sorrow, I guess. I don't know. It's very, very, very strange, but, um, no, it's, suicide is is very especially being a christian it's a very weird thing because i used to really believe and really played with the idea that why can't i just kill myself and go to heaven right it was like Mm -hmm. is that not like is that not a christian loophole that people just haven't figured out like why can't you just do that oh man Probably because there's so many people that say even if you do commit suicide, you're going to go to hell. Like that's not an option. Yep. Like, and that's that's that that is the main thrust of our of the episode that we're releasing, and that's the topic that I've studied the most over the last couple of uh, of months. Is if you commit suicide, do you go to hell? So what have yeah? Tell me about your findings. Oh man, so um, you remember right. the and, and a little bit of your experience too. Yeah, you remember the story of uh, Andrew Steckline? Uh, I do not. Fill me in. He's a 30-year-old pastor over in California who died last August by suicide. Okay. Left behind his wife and his three kids. Um, And his wife, Kayla, she... That was the first question 
he's still in the hospital. He hasn't even passed on yet. And he, she asked her mother-in-law, is he going to go to heaven? Or is he going to go, like, what's going to happen to him? This is the pastor of a budding mega church, and you can still look up his sermons. Um, and her response, I think, was pretty powerful. The you know, the mother, as she's watching her son die, says to her daughter-in-law, um, um, man, how do, how, how do I word it? I don't have my notes in front of me, but she says, um, there's no bearing on how you die. Your relationship has no bearing on how you die. The Bible doesn't say anything about how you die, determining whether you get into heaven or hell or not. It's about That's your true. relationship with Jesus. That's true. And so you, you go and you look through the Bible. There are no hard and fast rules that say, if you commit suicide, you will go to hell. It doesn't exist anywhere in the Bible. In fact, there's there's lots of episodes of depression um, in the Bible. Um, and even when you look at early church um, early church figures and you talk about uh, martyrs and the deaths that they faced under extreme persecution, it was kind of thought back in the day that a suicide was an acceptable way to go. Like if you were like, as in like, if you were like a prisoner or something or while you're facing persecution and you think about early church persecution is brutal. I mean, we have no concept of it. We weren't, we don't know what it's like to be sewn into animal skins and Starbucks cups, man. Yeah. Yeah, we call that persecution, but back in the day, persecution was being sewn into animal skins and being eaten by dogs or covered in wax and being used as lamps or um, having your, your stomach cut open and letting pigs feed on you. Mm, I being mean, boiled alive. All, all for the sake of, you know, just just being being a Christian. And so to commit suicide was was kind of a acceptable way out. Sure. As, as crazy as that sounds. And then you see a little bit of biblical example. You see Samson in the Old Testament. Um, oh, yeah. Has, has his eyes gouged out. He literally he committed totally suicide. committed suicide. Yeah. And took everybody with him. He committed murder-suicide. Murder-suicide, and it was acceptable. The Holy Spirit That's... told him to. Um, <laughs> Why do I always forget about that? He totally... Man, the Bible is wild, dude. <laughs> it is super wild. And but the scary thing about all this is if you come right out and say, "No, you're not going to go to hell if you commit suicide," then you risk giving people license or permission sure. to Yeah. I mean, we, I talked to one of the interviews we interviewed a therapist. Um his name's Robert Vore. He does the Crossroads of Christianity and Mental Health podcast as well. And I was telling him, uh, you know, I got to live as Christ to die as gain tattooed on my wrist because when I tried to die by suicide, um, literally driving down the road, closed my eyes and floored it, hoping to hoping to go off the ditch. And I had two tires off the road and this voice, and I don't know if it's audible or not at this point, uh, said, not yet. Not time, not time to go yet. And I was so mad because I so wanted to die. I was furious because I was in so much pain. I had severe anxiety, anxiety that led to depression, and it it was so severe that I was afraid to to leave the house. It's, it was it was getting so bad. I was afraid to go to the places where anxiety attacks had happened because they were so they were so terrifying and. How old were you at this point? Unexplainable. I was 18, 19 years old. Yeah. 
Um, and I was so mad at God. I said, you got one week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I actually yeah, told that no. to you. And then I go to church and I get the, uh, the terrible minister, pastor, whatever you want to call him. He was awful. Um, but the sermon he did that week was to, to live as Christ, to die as gain. And I, I heard that message and I was like, Paul gets me. He wants to die too. Paul wants to die, yep. but he's choosing to live for Christ. And I got that tattooed on my wrist. And we, we were talking to Robert Vore and he's like, it's funny you say that because I've heard other people read that same verse and go the exact opposite direction with it. Yeah, where, they're like, yeah, to, you need to live as Christ or whatever. Well, that's that's where, that's the way I took it, but other people see that as that's the way out. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Jeez, yeah. And, and I was actually like, man, it is funny that we're talking about this now. And yeah, I will make clear, of course, you know, I talk about it with levity, but it's super serious. And I talk with a lot of people that um, through my work and then in my personal life who, you know, are suicidal and I've talked to people recently and the, and I think for you too, the, the same question is the simplest question. It was like, well, if you look back at the day or days or your suicide attempts or the days you wanted to die and you fast forward, like, would you have preferred to have died that day? And, you know, usually the answer, of course, is like, well, no. Like, you know, things have happened. It's 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 always more, it's, it's not... Well, I guess there's different types, because sometimes it's, 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 I just want to feel differently. I just want to feel anything but how I'm feeling. Um, yeah. I, I have even gotten to the place where, though, it's like, I know I can get past feeling this way, but I also know that in the future I'm going to feel this way again, and I'm just tired. I'm just tired of fighting it. You, I would look at other people, and they're just, like, okay. They're just seemingly okay, just existing, and, like, why do I not have that contentment? Like, what is, and I've done the same thing where just throwing it back on God, like, okay, you know, like, I mean, very much like, like my mom forcing me to go shopping with her. Like, I'm going to go, but like, I'm not going to like it. Like, you better buy me something when I go there. You know, it's like, okay, God, like I'll live, but like, you got to do better, something. Like, give me something, man. Yeah, yeah for real. Cause this is not, I didn't, I used to, my biggest resentment was like toward my parents for having me. Cause I was like, what the hell man? I didn't ask for this. You know, and this is all of course, very twisted, sick thinking, but it was honestly how I felt at times. And it's, it's things get over. I mean, I completely understand how people get to those points. I completely do. Um, and like my, my, my usual advice is like, just hold on, man. Just, you know, yeah. go to sleep, you know, just, just let the morning, like figure it out tomorrow. Don't, don't make a decision right now. You know, it's, it will pass like good, bad or worse. It's, you're going to feel differently. I had a, uh, this was like, it was, I don't, I still don't know if it was the best or worst advice ever, but I had this, um, uh, this guy I met in sobriety, he was a sponsor and anytime people would like seriously, um, call him and be like, Hey, I want, you know, I'm thinking about killing myself or whatever. Be like, I mean, have you tried heroin? You know, like, I mean, at least try that first. I mean, what, what, if you're going to kill yourself, try that first, dude, maybe you'll like it. Well, 
Oh yeah, I mean, it's one of those things. It's a it's a permanent solution to a temporary problem. That's a phrase I keep coming across. And every, every time I read an article, that's that's the mantra that keeps getting repeated. The whole the whole idea of asking that question: If you commit suicide, or will you go to hell? Um, it's a it's a really stupid question if you if you really think about it. And it takes the focus off of uh, Christians do this all the time. We don't really care about people where they're at. We care about their destination, where they're going. Mm-hmm. And so we we can get so laser focused on, okay, do they cross off everything that I know to be true in the gospel? Did, did they say the prayer? Did they get baptized? Do they have good church attendance? Okay, it looks like they, they cut back on a few things. All right, they're good to go. My work here is done. <laughs> and they, they move on to the next one. And we, do, we don't give a shit about where people are, are actually at. And that's why asking um, that question is, is really a piss-poor question. Uh, will that person go to hell? Let's not focus on hell and let's focus on help. <laughs> while, oh, that's while, good. while people are still here, not the final destination, um, so what? It, no, go ahead. Sorry. No, it's just just asking that question. It just looks at the finality of it rather than focusing on the human that's going through. One of the things that we determined um, in some of the interviews we did, we we interviewed uh, Steve Austin. Um, he's an author of um, from a pa- from pastor to from a psych, psych ward. Yeah, psych, yeah. Whichever the Um, yeah he had and catching your breath he had he attempted suicide and came really close to it he shares his story in in our uh, in our podcast Um, but one of the things that he said and one of the things that resonated with me when I was driving my car off the side of the road is I don't care if hell is real or not I'm in so much pain that Mm -hmm. come what may I'm willing I'm I'm hurting so bad on the inside. I'm willing to see what's on the other side because it's got to be better than this. Yeah. And so we always look at hell as the 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 ultimate fear tactic, you know. Yeah. Um, and it's just it's it doesn't help. I don't think it. I don't think it helps. No, it definitely hurts though. It definitely. Uh, I, I'd rather could... I'd rather focus on solutions and and helping people through the hurt rather than saying, well, if you do that. You're going to go to hell yeah. because because then they come away with the conclusion. All right, whatever, man, I'm in hell and God doesn't love me. So whatever. So what what was some of your solutions? Uh, I don't know that I have solutions. Well, you've got a few. <laughs> yeah. You've made it quite a few years past then, right? Some of my <laughs> solutions for me personally. Yeah. Um. Man, I don't. So first you, of all, you, you did medicine, though, right? Oh, yeah. I was on a cocktail of uh, Paxil. I think it's Zoloft, Xanax, uh, Effexor. I don't even know if some of these drugs still exist, but oh, yeah. all they definitely do under the SSRI category. And so, I mean, for me, I had I didn't have depression. Um, I had severe anxiety. Anxiety so bad that I'd black out and hallucinate and. Um, it was it was really really rough um, episodes I guess and so being on the medicine um, it's kind of like having a, a chemical lobotomy right it oh, yeah. just 
you don't have any highs, you don't have any lows. You are you're just there. You could win the lotto tomorrow. Your your mom and your family could die tomorrow, and your reaction would be the same. It's like, all right, that's cool, man. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> you're not high. You're not low. You're just there. And you know what? Um, coupled with therapy, that's what I needed because my anxiety was so severe. Uh, unfortunately, one of the side effects of of some of those medicines is severe depression. So I had depression. <laughs> I developed depression on top of the anxiety and everything else I was going through. Um, but the medicine did help. Mm-hmm. Uh, it did help because I needed that. I was getting to the point where, like I said before, I was afraid to even leave the house. I mean, there was one episode where I'm in the mall and I'm with my dad and I'm like 19 years old. And I have to have my dad to go with me to the mall because I can't go by myself oh, wow. at 19. And... um this is so stupid. Journeys. <laughs> Journey, oh, yeah. the foot, the foot, the, the, the shoe, shoe store, store the man. Shoe store. It moved across the hall and I lost my shit. <laughs> and I, I honestly, it, I could physically see the walls closing in and I just cowered on the floor in the mall. My dad had to carry me out. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, just because my anxiety was, was so intense. And now I don't want to go to the mall anymore. Because that's where that episode happened. So for me, the medicine made total sense because it got rid it it got rid of it dumbed down those emotions, right? Dude, so I could the, I could go to a place where I could actually go to a therapist and and open up and talk. Um, the, otherwise, I wouldn't have been able to get that far. This season of Stranger Things is going to really jack you up, then, bro. It is pretty mall focused. Yeah, I can see it coming already. <laughs> <laughs> no, I yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree too. Like, I, I one thousand percent believe oh, properly being medicated to me even like being able to get sober this time around. Like, it was so necessary for my my first few years. Um, I, I think what I'm just moving away from is like trying like. Do I a need to be and do I want to be medicated for my entire life? And like so far, the answer is no. Like I would rather, um, and I think you know, therapy is one also one hundred percent necessary because it's like you have to learn uh, how to deal with your depression, your feelings, because there, you know, there's. I'm a creative and an artist and all that. So there's like parts, I guess I have to take the, the good with the bad. And there's parts of my personality and my psyche that, you know, I really like and also just so happens. It also is trying to kill me. So it's just like a little balance there, but I can't say that I've the only, when's the last time you've had like, not even serious, but like suicidal ideations. Oh man, it's been it's been forever. And is it weird if I never if I say never? I'm more of that like Tom Sawyer type suicide where I just want to see who shows up at my funeral. Yeah. <laughs> like and what yes. songs they're gonna play. Like unfortunately, Ooh. like it's it's funny when we I this is something I've always said that if I was an ice if my life was an ice cream, it would be vanilla because I've never had to go through any of this stuff until we started talking about it on the podcast. Yes, which is great because it actually brought awareness to this this side of of life that we all have to deal with is mental health and 
potentially also suicide because it doesn't run in my family. Um, it's just something we never dealt with, but it's something that needs to be dealt with. And I think the church, and this is something we explored a little bit in our episode, is getting obviously not perfect at it, but better. Yeah, so you see the... I mean, the Good Samaritan, right? You see the man left for dead on the side of the road, and we keep passing by on the other side. The churches pass by, you know, you know. obviously that person, they're left for dead. They deserve it, you know. They did. Mm-hmm. They must have done something wrong to deserve, you know, that outcome. God, you know, is judging them here on earth now. And you see the Good Samaritan, and he stops, and he helps. And I, I think based on all the research that we've done, the church has, has gotten, is getting better yeah. At, at the acknowledgement, but ultimately what happens or what I've observed is that it's it's reactionary. We wait until one of our own is left for dead, dying on the side of the road, suffering in the agony of mental illness before we're like, okay, this is a thing. And, yeah. and the whole idea of our episode, the whole idea of this conversation now is like to create awareness, to kind of remove that stigma. Like, no, people are people are going through it now actively especially um, i was just looking up like it's in the u in the u.s specifically it's on the rise suicide is on the rise so it's kind of like oh there's a problem shoot like no this has been going on for a while people have been killing themselves for hundreds and thousands of years yes but it's now that it's just starting to become like we see it all all the time in all of our in celebrity culture all the celebrities that have recently passed away uh mm-hmm. or died by suicide mm-hmm. now we're like oh man maybe we need to get on the bandwagon and figure out why people are killing themselves left and right well and then shows like 13 reasons why which actually caused like a spike in teenage suicides like yeah i didn't actually yeah, watch don't that show. tell people how to either. do it a co-worker yeah, it, of they, mine had just shared with me right as that show was coming out that her daughter at 13 years old had died by suicide yeah and yeah. her story is pretty powerful because she was sharing, you know, from a mother's perspective on uh, on surviving that and how, you know, God just wrapped her in a warm blanket of that, comfort and love. Imagine, because um, it's, it's absolutely contagious. That's one of the things with suicide, especially among young people. And even I mean, it's that's that's. That's, you know, it doesn't help people that are in the throes of it, but that's one of the things too, is just the far reaching damage you're going to do. And, you know, so I, I work with a, a bunch of, a bunch of kids, teenagers that it's, it's in their families or they're, you know, it's either like directly or, um, like second generation. It's just crazy. It's just the, the people left behind, and then it's the... Oh, uh, man, you said the phrase right there that I was going to mention. Uh, I mean, we, we did that episode on being left behind and as a joke, um, but the real left behind is just that right there. Is when somebody dies by suicide, it's those who's left behind that have to, have to wonder why. And you can't do anything. You can't go and ask. You can only make assumptions. It's... Uh, you have to create this kind of uh, autopsy, for lack of a better word, of of going through their social media profile if you have access to it, or are picking up on cues from and you. Know, you got to put the puzzle back together. Like, why did this happen? And most loved ones, they have no idea what's going on inside of the head of somebody who's struggling with a mental illness, and just how dark it can be. Yeah, it's that's. 
Yeah, the ones that seeming like the pastor one. I'm I'm assuming that one was was pretty much a blindside. Um, that's that's what I think. Then so yeah, it it wasn't it wasn't though. He was oh, in the okay. middle of a series about remo- he was in the middle of a sermon series about removing the stigma for mental health because he oh, just got back God. from a sabbatical, um, a forced sabbatical by the staff uh, to deal with his anxiety, an extended sabbatical at that. And uh, um, he got the treatment. His family was helping him. They knew about it. It wasn't something that was hidden. It was something that was out there. I mean, the sermon he delivers right before he dies is he's saying, you are seeing mental illness uh, on display up here on stage. And uh, it's just it's just. Tragic, yeah. And we we play a lot of those clips. I've got we got permission from their family to play clips from his sermons and and different things in our episode. Um, pretty impactful stuff. Yeah, that's. I mean, I'm always that it's it's tough for me to when. Well, sometimes it's tough. Sometimes it's it's a no brainer. I guess it really just depends on my mood. But like when people, you know, like when I'm talking talking through people that are suicidal a large part of me is like yeah man i get it absolutely like this is this a lot of this sucks a lot of this is awful and hard and more oh goodness look at my hair uh, <laughs> it's more, nice. i want to just let it let it ride man let it ride yeah um something about mary up in here <laughs> more i i just sit with them man i you know some, i've really learned sometimes just let them talk and there's if there's not much to say i don't say anything i just sit there you know i will all i will gladly just sit on a phone with someone in silence just being like yeah what you what you're doing is the most powerful ministry of all ministries and it's called the ministry of just being there Mm -hmm. ministry of presence yeah yeah it's more powerful than preaching it's more powerful than anything it's just i was going through this shit i don't know what's going on in my brain but I all I what I do remember is you were there, <laughs> and yeah. it's not always easy to be there because even being there for somebody can be hard. I mean, they could push blame on you. They can. Uh, oh, it is that. There, yeah, there's, there's nothing worse than that feeling of like, oh my god, like what if this conversation ends? I wake up tomorrow and they're gone, and should I have done something different? And then it, I, I guess that's why it's yeah hard for people to speak out because sometimes I guess that's important for people to know that if, you know, if someone is talking to you, it's, it's not, there's no impetus on you to solve their problem per se, but just, just, yeah, just be there. You know what? I mean, sometimes what else can you really do except, you know, I'll pray for people, man. I will, you know, my, my phone is is always on for for that, and I will always sit with people and listen to them because I I do the same things, man. I do it real time on on my show, or I, I think I've it just helps just to get you know I'm in trouble when I'm not telling anyone my dark thoughts. Right? Yeah, that that's when I will start to really feed that black wolf too much. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, I, and isolation is like the greatest enemy, right? It's uh, yes, absolutely. Because um, that's that's I guess that's at its core, well, one of the cores of 
suicidal despair is like, I'm in this by myself. There's God is not helping me. You know, Satan's not helping me. The world's not helping me. No one is helping me. I'm by myself. It's on me to fix it. This is, or it's unfixable. Therefore. Yeah. I'm not loved. I'm a burden to other people. Nothing I do matters. I mean, those are all, yeah, those are all, all scary thoughts. I mean, you keep asking me my advice and, I'm hesitant to throw anything out there because uh, every every situation is different. There's not like a cure-all or or something that fits everybody's situation. It just, it doesn't. What worked for me isn't going to work for the next. I mean, I I got some cool Bible verses tattooed on my wrist. (laughs) They help me. They keep me from slitting my wrist. Uh, Yeah. I don't have suicidal thoughts anymore. I'm not on medication anymore. That doesn't you mean think having kids change that for you. Um, I don't know. So were you, you were off the medication. I was by the time. off well before we had kids. Um, I wanted to get off the medication before I got married for whatever reason that was really important to me because I couldn't, I couldn't express emotion. Mm-hmm. I couldn't feel it. I couldn't feel anything either high or low. And so I, I was to a point where um, the severe anxiety attacks had, had gone for like a year. And that's the reason that I was on the medicine in the first place. Um, and so I, I just wanted to be off of it because I wanted to feel normal, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Whatever if that, that means. Re- whatever that means. Yeah. Uh, um, but like I said, it's not apples to apples. I wasn't suffering with depression. I was suffering with severe anxiety. The medicine was causing the depression, <laughs> um, yeah. but it, it's what was needed for me. Hmm. And so the, the biggies are medicine. Um, it does help. It's crazy. It's all across the map. There's no really good way to measure what it's going to actually do for you. You might have to be on a couple of different ones. Uh, some of them are unfriendly. Uh, I Unfriendly as in I gained almost 100 pounds. Um, unfriendly as, man, some of the dreams that I had were so insanely intense that I have st- struggled telling the difference between a dream and reality. Yeah. Gotta love um, those. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and then some of them, like, you can't masturbate anymore, so there goes yep. that release. <laughs> yeah. That's the, it is, it is, that's what I really want. To get I, real I really, on your show, yeah. Well, no, that's, that's, that's the, that is the shitty truth about, like, medication. It's like, yeah, okay, you don't want to kill yourself anymore, but, like, you can't have an orgasm, you're going to balloon in weight. You know, yeah. it's just like, congratulations, you're alive, but you hate your life, like, great. So I really hope, like, you know, and it's interesting, like, the new, we really need a revamp in uh, medication for depression and anxiety and all that stuff. And it's like the anxiety medicines, too, like Xanax, like, congratulations, now you're addicted to a benzodiazepine, like, have fun getting off of that. Have fun getting off of this antidepressant, you know, it's like, yeah. it's kind of the damned if you do damned if you don't things um but you know are we too all, quick to prescribe antidepressants do you think as i always hear that from a lot of people well i always say it's it's 
Because what's the statistics like? It's some crazy amount of Americans are on are prescribed antidepressants in a given year or something like that. Totally. Well, that that's and that's kind of our fault, I would say. I guess maybe it's a mix of both, but it's like we are in a cult, a fast a fast food um, drive through culture of like, okay, I'm just yeah. gonna come in, give me something, fix me, and I'm gonna be on my way. When really the the work to truly address your it's gonna be, you know it's they have finally admitted no longer is like the quote cure for depression simply medication it's like medication is an adjunct to therapy and all this other stuff exercise change your diet you know we're figuring out that your gut brain is extremely connected to your mood and depression so like what you eat absolutely affects how you think feel emote all that stuff so it's like you know exercise diet um, connection, uh, having positive people in your life. We're also in a society where, you know, I would say the majority of people are forced into work that they don't enjoy. You know, it's economy stress. I mean, there's a ton of things and couple that with like kind of this dissolution of, especially in the church of like, you know, all this deconstructing deconstruction can lead to some pretty serious depression. I, I will throw out there i mean if you kind of had the, had this faith and idea system your entire life and that rug gets pulled out i mean shit sometimes that's that was the last straw it's like you know my yeah. life may suck but at least i'm going to heaven or whatever you think and then when you start questioning that and you don't replace it with anything well then what are you going to do mm-hmm. yeah, yeah that's the, the key there is to replace it with something you gotta you can yes. deconstruct to a point but you gotta build back up with something Yes. And hopefully you're building back up in love. <laughs> exactly. Uh, it's got to be a reconstruction what, period. Yeah. Yep. I, I mean, I've deconstructed a lot of different elements, but it's really hard to get away from love. Yeah, uh, and I don't want to. That can't, like that can't really go anywhere. Yeah, it's like I, I don't – even if it – even if it somehow was proven true, I, I'm not going to believe in like cold – in calculating, uh, you know, stone cold science where like nothing matters. Like, okay. Even if that somehow is true, I'm not going to believe it because I absolutely will kill myself because nothing matters. That's what's, that's what I don't understand about atheists. It's like, if this is what you really believe, then like, what's the point exactly? Yeah. What, yeah. Are, we, what are we living for? What do you, yeah, what are you looking yeah. for? And if if it yeah, see, the, I think the root there would be others. You're living for others to so the 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 benefit of humanity, and I think you can do that with or without God. Um, I have friends who who can do that. Um, for me, that bottom falls out because I hate people. Yeah, <laughs> eventually there's, I'm there's, like, oh, dude. There's and that maybe that's, too. And maybe you know, and I'm acutely aware that I have a pretty different. Uh, mindset than a lot of people i guess or maybe not but yeah uh, you know i can only live for other people so long before my own depression and existential crises pop up and i need that shit handled in some way and that's why for a long time i I turned to drugs and then eventually that stopped working and then what do you do and lo and behold you know god was still there and 
that's still that's in my reconstruction period that's just what i'm doing lately is just clinging to just straight up faith you know sometimes i really you know i'm it might not be feeling god very much but i'm just whatever man i'm absolutely just believing that he's there and that he loves me and that everything's going to be okay and that's just that's just kind of what what i'm just clinging to and i'm just really not even allowing the the doubting thoughts or the you know the i've had to really cut down on a lot of the podcasts i listened to where it was just a lot of you know arguing and bitching and moaning about this that or the other it's like okay whatever that's really just not helping me right now are they all political because i stopped listening to like all political podcasts recently because it was just like this side arguing about this side and that side arguing about how that side does it i just said you know what i'm done i'm just gonna listen to audiobooks yeah i'm just gonna listen to a bunch of stephen king books it's fine for sure (laughs) dr sleep i'm looking forward i am so pumped see i listened to all alien podcasts because that's what's See, that's better, that's a, too. I would prefer to listen to that than, yes, than hear the word libertarian or Republican ever again in my life. Like, I don't care. Or time. <laughs> Jeez. Um, well, so in closing, man, is there when is this episode coming out? Is there anything you want to wrap up with? Yeah, I don't know when we're going to release the episode right now. They take a long time to edit. Um We've taken a very laid back approach as far as when the release dates. Yeah, um, <laughs> we used to be every week, but we just dude, realized with hard. our schedule, it's very hard. And especially with this new format, I mean, man, the last episode—if you go back and listen to our Left Behind episode—we probably have fifty hours in it for an hour show. And grief. Yeah, and this this one's gonna. It's going to be the same. I mean, we did two interviews. We're splicing in news clips and music, and then there's a whole segment of the show that's fictional. That's just, uh, nice. you know, it's based in the '90s, so we're talking heavily about Kurt Cobain and. <laughs> nice. Oh, you should. Um, oh, classic. Uh, well, everyone, be sure go and like and subscribe. Uh, leave a review. Do not your pastor's podcast, please. Do it. Yeah. We, we greatly appreciate we it. Greatly appreciate it. Well, boys, well, I oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say, Jed. Uh, thanks, man, for having us on your podcast, and I'm gonna really consider going to therapy now. Yeah, <laughs> you I don't know. Should, just cut dude. that out. I, I had something. <laughs> I had. I, I actually have been going to therapy, which has been actually really helpful. It's family really? therapy. It's for something different. Well, good. I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, when I get my licensure, I'm going to sign up for that online therapist thing so you can just Skype in. And so it'll be like this, except I can charge you like 200 bucks an hour. It'll be sweet. (laughs) All my podcast interviews, I'm just going to start charging. So (laughs) that's how you make the money. Exactly. All right, fellas. Thank y'all. Thanks, man. See you again.
Just for the 